Hi, my name is Barry Manandi and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Z. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes and the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behavior. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. A roll call of those in the studio, Mike Madoda, Chris Meads, Yalos Bunjira, our producer, Sean Tafirinika, and my name is Barry Manandi. That means one thing and one thing only. It's time for ZFM Sport. On the home front today, former Warriors and Highlanders coach Raman Gumbo has been sacked as coach of Botswana Premier League club Sua Flamingos due to poor results. In our Formula One report, proudly brought to you by Zamoko McLaren boss Zach Brown, reckons Max Verstappen's dominance of Formula One this year did not make the 20 2022 campaign feel boring because of excitement elsewhere. In Around the World in 60, we have updates from the United States, Pakistan and England. The second half of the show is the beautiful game and Neymar says he's thankful and happy to be back playing for Brazil following Selechao's comfortable 4-1 win over South Korea which saw them advance to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Uh, Croatia captain Luka Modric says his team can't do it without drama after they reach the World Cup quarterfinals following a penalty shootout win against Japan and in tonight's action Portugal take on Switzerland in the around of 16 clash hoping to book their place in the quarterfinals with a win Hi my name's Ryan Kenz Sunshine Tour professional golfer and you're listening to ZFM Sport Zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. That's our WhatsApp number. Let us know your thoughts as to what's happening out in the World Cup. All right, now nil all between Morocco, Morocco and uh, Spain, but Spain is doing all the bidding. Uh, doesn't look like a, an African team will continue in the competition if the run of play is to be believed. We'll be talking about that in the second half of the show. We want to hear your opinion. Zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. And then we're talking about Doctor Rush Rama. Gumbo, straight after a local sports news roundup with Chris. The Home Front, local sports news and analysis. Zimbabwe junior tennis players participating in the ongoing International Tennis Federation ITF South Central Circuit Zimbabwe leg six tournament at Bulawayo Country Club found the going tough in the second leg of the tournament yesterday. In singles matches played yesterday, most of the players from Zimbabwe in both the boys and girls categories produced mixed results with many players falling in the first round. In athletics news, the president of the National Athletics Association of Zimbabwe, Tendai Tagara, believes that long distance runner Isaac Mpofu's performance at the 2020 Valencia Marathon in Spain where he broke the national record for the second time this year shows that the Sporting Code's efforts are being rewarded. Pofu put up an amazing shift crossing the line in 2 hours, 6 minutes and 48 seconds and finishing a credible 12th place in a strong field of 200 athletes. 
Finish off with some football news. Soccer star of the year and FC Platinum forward Walter Musona has revealed the collective disappointment in his team over their failure to claim their ticket to the CAF Champions League due to the ongoing FIFA suspension imposed on Zimbabwe. Having completely dominated the domestic league last season, Musona said the players had set their sights on testing themselves against the continent's best in the CAF Champions League. Mike, when it comes to the CAF Champions League, uh, FC Platinum has been in there. They've been steadily making some changes and improving and with this squad it would have been a good season for them to go and test themselves against the the rest of the competition on the continent but unfortunately we've had no movement from the SRC and Zifa. Yeah absolutely it's not going to happen uh, I don't think this squad would have made an impression though uh, I, I still think uh, whilst great by Zimbabwe standards mm. uh, I think they're still bang average uh, by continental standards they would have needed to beef up this squad because yeah. I think when you take a look at the quality of this squad I think it's actually uh, slightly poorer than in previous seasons that uh, FC Platinum has actually taken part in the CAF Champions League so this may well be a blessing in disguise because uh, <laughs> less expenses uh, yeah. for the club sponsors and it allows them to just gain more experience and possibly add a few more players uh, to what is a decent squad already the Warriors the Chevrons the Cheetahs the Mighty Warriors and the Sables from the pool to the track to the field we are Team Zimbabwe all right, now that news that former Warriors and Highlanders coach Raman Dr. Rashid Gumbo has been sacked as coach of Botswana Premier League club Sua Flamingos due to poor results. Sua Flamingos had a bad start to the season and Gumbo managed only one win in six matches leading to his sacking. Mike. The big question and uh, all over social media, six matches enough? <laughs> yeah, I think it's six matches is enough. Uh, it's, it's always sort of like the dilemma that uh, I think a club's executive finds themselves in where you're taking a look at six matches and you're thinking to yourself, three points out of 18. Do we trust this man to get us out of this rut? Do we trust the process? Or, you know what? give him more time and then we run the risk of finding ourselves in an even deeper hole mm. after 12 or 15 matches and then having to make the same decision that we could have made six matches ago and possibly given his successor more time to try and rescue the ship and put it on steady water so that is the dilemma any executive needs to make and it's something of a gamble yeah. uh, where now I think sometimes the fans don't understand or don't get it those that will be arguing that you know what six matches for a coach of Raman Gumbo's pedigree is not enough is perhaps the executive is taking a look at what's happening at the club in and around the club mm-hmm. training which is where of course a coach spends most of his time mm-hmm. uh, and then also what's happening on match day the process that we talk about trusting is is not just a lofty ideal. <laughs> it's actually something tangible. Yeah. It's actually something that we should be able to see and observe. Mm-hmm. Something that we should actually be able to measure. And so when he's not measuring up on certain matrix that uh, the club has got, then perhaps this decision becomes an easy one. It's yeah. not just something that they're thinking, you know what, let's just fire Raman. He's mm-hmm. got three points out of 18. Perhaps they're not seeing the process. Yeah. Perhaps they're not seeing the direction that he's taken the club. And for an experienced coach, I think when you bring in an experienced coach you are looking for results immediate results because part of him selling himself at interviews is that I am Raman Gumbo I am a winner (laughs) I've been in this league Mm. I know it I've been there I've done that I've won things I've won titles I've won trophies Mm. I can turn players into champions they're not seeing it off six matches Barry Mm. so I think there's more pressure on the more experienced coaches to deliver results 
quickly mm. rather than a novice and it also comes down to the expectations of the club yeah what are the expectations of the club uh, and and those expectations may have been expressed uh, that uh, six matches may have been one of the milestones uh, to say sure listen were. we need yeah. this number of points after these uh, a certain amount of matches also i mean it's a club that also had the added pressure uh, as mike is pointing out he points out great points about the pressures that the executive was facing but there's another one and that is the second season jinx where you survive your first season in, yeah. in the top tier and then you don't want to go down in your second mm-hmm. season and it was looking like that's the way it was headed it, it's looking like that because when you're sitting second from the bottom of the table i think you're literally in the relegation zone there's an op- there's a realistic chance there that you could slide down and when you've got a situation like that decisions need to be made very quickly i think my point of that as the right where when he started talking is that clubs often find themselves having to make a balancing act between do we make a decision that could be considered a rush decision and potentially nip this in the bud or do we continue and face the very realistic proposition that will go down again and we know that promotion the fight for promotion in any um from any league in any country is extremely difficult and it's not something that a club i think in a 3 year span wants to experience twice so again that executive finding it very tough and i think the rest of the world when and i think even in botswana when it comes to the metrics against which they measure a coach i think they have very very specific metrics whether or not that's communicated publicly is one thing but i think they have very strict measures on which they want to say what has he achieved in the time period and i think six matches for a team that wants to remain and seeing themselves floating in relegation is extremely problematic yeah, it certainly is kopane pakedi uh, of course a local has been appointed uh, to the position of interim coach in the meantime but uh, dr rush dr Rush very popular in 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 uh, Botswana yeah. as you p- pointed out he's an experienced coach but also a guy who's won things in that league he's a, he's a guy who they trusted to uh, steer the ship into being competitive it hasn't gone that way yeah it hasn't gone that way uh, he's won uh, stuff in Botswana let's not forget uh, he uh, began that uh, glorious era uh, for Highlanders at the turn of the century he as did, well yeah. Mr Rush uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, all the players that came through that uh, at that time yes Madinda had worked with them and of course but Ram- Mangumbo is really the one that set them on their way. The likes of Cesar Vantukosa, Tulani Ngove, Desidalio Capena, uh, players who went on to become legends. And so that is the pedigree that he carries. Not to mention the fact that he is, of course, an acclaimed uh, member of the Dream Team and yes. uh, one of the best players from that era. So he is attractive as a coach. Uh, but I think ultimately, for a team of this nature, the results are what count. And uh, they've immediately gone to Serbian Nikola uh, Kovacevic, uh, who is going to be, of course, taking over from uh, the guy who's sort of like a holding fort right now uh, and it shows you that, that they're just looking for something just an extra edge yeah. uh, to keep them in the Botswana top flight uh, different top flight league to ours because there's a bit more money floating around in there Botswana is, yeah. mm. uh, and so there is an incentive to remain in the top flight if you're a club that's playing their trade in Botswana so for Mr Rush it's back uh, job hunting again mm. uh, but uh, I think whether it's here locally or even in Botswana itself or perhaps Namibia I think uh, Mr Rush will soon be back in the job and the clubs actually get a grant from their association yeah. they, um, uh, to, to run their club so they have to stay in the top flights it's within their their purview and uh, fun fact Sua Flamingos of course the home uh, to four Zimbabwean players and Trevisi Moyo who Dr. Rush stole from under the noses of Golden Eagles <laughs> just as he was about to sign he trooped off to Botswana uh, so we're, we're a little bit disappointed about that Dominic Chungwa uh, Klopas Dube and Tendai Nyumasi uh, who are all at 
Tour Flamingos uh, on merit and hopefully Nikola Kovacevic when he arrives uh, will retain those Zimbabwean boys. From the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. From sunny Melbourne to the streets of Monaco, the deserts of Bahrain to the jungles of Brazil, get up to speed on the Formula One Report. The Formula One Report is proudly brought to you by Zimoko, the home of F1 brands Mercedes-Benz and Alfa Romeo in Zimbabwe. Zimoko, specialized service for special brands. Rough roads and a harsh climate make Zimbabwe pickup country. Now, when getting yourself or important cargo across this beautiful landscape, one needs a car and that can stand up to any challenge on or off the road. Uh, when the road and journey get tough, that's when the Mitsubishi Triton single cab feels most at home. Mitsubishi Triton single cabs are durable, powerful, comfortable and packed with advanced technology to keep you and your team safe. Tough jobs call for dependable power and the Mitsubishi Triton's response of 2.4 litre turbo diesel engine boasts 133 kilowatts of power, 430 newton meters of torque and just 2,500 at just 2,500 RP and now with that type of power, the Mitsubishi Triton makes a light work of the maximum one-ton load carrying capacity with a brake towing capacity of up to 3,000 kgs. When it comes to pickups, the Triton presents unfussed efficiency in one potent package. Stay tuned for more on the Mitsubishi Triton. See. On to our Formula One news, McLaren boss Zach Brown reckons Max Verstappen's dominance of Formula One this year did not make the 2022 campaign feel boring because of excitement elsewhere. Red Bull's dominance may have been an indication of much less exciting storylines than other seasons, but fan interest still seemed quite high. And Brown, in particular, thinks that the high attention the sport still generated pointed to the 2022 regulations being a success in delivering good racing. Now, Formula, Formula, former Formula One uh, champion Nico Rosberg says Max Verstappen's dominance hasn't affected the sport's entertainment factor, insisting that people are fortunate to be watching a transcendent talent. We need to remember also, it's not like from the get-go this year, his car was like miles quicker than everybody else. No, the Ferrari was the quickest car when we got going this year uh, in the beginning of the season. And still he got this incredible 15 wins and, and really like destroyed the opposition in that way. I mean, if you look at the points he scored, he's got, how much was it? 145 points more or 150 points more than anybody else. It's unreal. So uh, it's one of the greatest uh, driving seasons we've ever seen, um, certainly. So very impressive. See. Uh, Chris, you got to say that uh, it's hard to argue with Nico Rosberg because the boy is something special. He's absolutely something special. Um, even if you're a fan of another team, I think we can definitely look at Max Verstappen and the way that he's matured, I think, across the seasons. And now it's very evident in the way that he drives and his responses. And Max Verstappen has grown. But I think as part of that growth, what has happened is the new rules have also made the entire grid very exciting because you've got different prospects for different teams and i think especially mercedes being such an up and down package this season and ferrari 
even with an extremely good vehicle not being able to match the full complement of what the Red Bull team was doing, mm. I think still kept the season very interesting. We yeah, have Ferrari coming short in terms of strategy and Max Verstappen uh, fittingly and uh, I think uh, full credit to him, he won the Autosports International Racing Driver of the Year and uh, Red Bull winning the International uh, Racing Car of the Year uh, under Autosport as well and in, in truth Mike, full credit to them because they delivered a phenomenal car with a phenomenal driver. Yeah, I think uh, more a phenomenal season, Barry. Uh, mm. And uh, the car was uh, the product of uh, in-season work. Yeah. Uh, Nico Rosberg uh, rightly points out that uh, at the beginning of the season, Ferrari certainly looked like they had the better package. Sure. They had the faster car. Uh, and uh, a lot of fans of the Scuderia were certainly talking up the fact that Charles Leclerc could go on and challenge and actually become champion. But as the season wore on, uh, it wasn't just the driving skills of Max Verstappen. It was the engineers. Uh, who were at work uh, in the paddock that managed to put together the, a car where when we sort of like hit the halfway stage of the season was clearly the fastest car on the grid a very dominant car and aided of course uh, by Max Verstappen's spectacular driving skills yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they were able to dominate uh, both uh, in the drivers as well as the constructors uh, title race so uh, kudos uh, to Red Bull uh, and uh, may long may it continue because uh, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of Max Verstappen mm. I love Ferrari I love Ferrari to win a championship but I, I also want Max Verstappen just to rub it uh, rub people's noses in it mm. you know <laughs> Just, just, just make sure those that, 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 that yeah, don't exactly. like him. And there are those many that, that don't, don't like him, and those that mm. doubted him, mm. uh, and those that thought, you know what? Oh, listen, here is a young upstart. Uh, I think he's got a, a long way to go in his career, mm. and I hope he's successful. I mean, if he could get to sort of like five uh, titles, you know, like Sofangio, uh, mm. and then uh, go on, of course, uh, to uh, seven, where Schumacher and Hamilton are lying oh, at the moment. Uh, it's still a long way to go, but I think three. Is yeah. just round the corner because uh, uh, I seriously doubt anyone is going to offer a meaningful challenge going into next season. I, I, I yeah. completely agree with so, you. I doubt uh, that he, he's going to he's going to take some beating. Yeah, uh, and I love that. So I, ju- I just want him to continue so that we have. You know, every sport I think needs a leading light. Mm. Uh, they need someone who sort of like rules the roost, who is the star attraction. Yeah. Uh, and for a long time, it has been Lewis Hamilton. Before that, it was Michael Schumacher. Go back to a previous generation, it was the likes of Nigel Mansell, mm. uh, and then the likes of Aiton Senna. Uh, so every sport needs that, that leading light, that Roger Federer, that Rafa Nadal, that Novak Djokovic. I think it's very important for the sport. Yeah, and if Max Verstappen continues on this trajectory, there's no uh, denying that he's going to be right up there uh, with those uh, record Grand Prix, uh, championship wins. Uh, it's award season and the other awards were picked up by Russell, uh, George Russell of course of Mercedes. He picked up the Autosports Moment of the Year award and then Sebastian Vettel was presented with the Gregor Grant award. That, that's uh, the 35 year old German. He received his award uh, which recognizes lifetime achievement in motorsport uh, from Autosport Formula One reporter Luke Smith at the Autosport Auto Awards and uh, fitting credit to Seb Vettel. Yeah uh, the late, the latter years haven't been so great, uh, but that let that doesn't discount what he did earlier in his career. Z. Now, gone are the days when a driver used to have to fight the steering wheel for control. The Mitsubishi Triton comes standard with power-assisted rack and pinion steering and a compact wheelbase that feels right at home on crowded worksites. Engine power is distributed through a short-throw six-speed manual gearbox and simply select drive options that operate the four-wheel drive system, which can be switched between modes and on the move at speeds under 100 kilometers per hour. Practicality, 
dependability and reliability have found a new name in the Mitsubishi Triton. Uh, this workhorse is sold exclusively at Zamoko and at unbeatable pricing, inclusive of a three-year or 100,000-kilometer warranty and a first free service with Zamoko. Don't wait. Get in touch with Zamoko by email. Inquiries at zamoko.co.zw and test drive the Mitsubishi Triton single cab for yourself. Stock is immediately available. Mitsubishi is engineered beyond tough and Zamoko, as we always say, is specialized service for special brands. The Formula One Report is proudly brought to you by Zimoko, the home of F1 brands Mercedes-Benz and Alfa Romeo in Zimbabwe. Zimoko, specialized service for special brands. Hi, you're listening to ZFM Sport. My name's Graham Sharp and I'm the first Zimbabwean to take on the Dakar Rally in a bike. Around the world in 60 seconds. International sports news. We kick off in the United States where Tom Brady threw two touchdown passes inside the final three minutes to stun the New Orleans Saints as his Tampa Bay Buccaneers secured a sensational 17-16 comeback win on Monday Night Football. The Blue... The, the Bucks strengthened their grasp on the top spot in the NFC South. Head over to Pakistan where the Pakistan board has said fast bowler Chris Harris-Ralph has been ruled out of the rest of the home test series against England after suffering a quadriceps strain. Ralph made his test debut in the opening test in Rawalpindi but suffered the injury during a fielding mishap on day one when he rolled over the ball. And we'll touch down in England where Eddie Jones imminent sacking as England men's rugby head coach has been described by sources close to the Australian as a gross act of self-harm by the Rugby Football Union. Jones returned to Twickenham for a second meeting this morning with the RFU Chief Executive Bill Sweeney where his fate was sealed after seven years in charge. Don't miss the the full details on tomorrow's show as we'll discuss the impact on Eddie Jones sacking. Your your hit music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. Z FM Stereo. The big leagues. The big teams. The big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. Jogo Bonito. Tiki Taka. Total Football. It's a football celebration where only the best are invited. Messi. Ronaldo, Neymar, Benzema. The stars come out to play on your Qatar 2022 World Cup update on CFM Sport. It's your World Cup update here on ZFM Sport. Uh, the round of 16 has been exciting so far. There's been one game that's gone the distance, and that was last night, the game between Croatia and Japan. Penalty shootout decided. We'll be talking about that one a bit later on when we have our recap. But right now, Morocco are in action as the last African team standing, taking on 2010 champions Spain. It's goalless after 79 minutes minutes of a play. Spain doing all the bidding at the moment. Attacking and attacking. Very high line. I mean, the two centre-backs Rodri and Laporta currently inside the Moroccan half as a wave after wave after wave of a Spanish attack come through. But Morocco holding their own. They have been valiant in defence. Barry Dani Olmo has gone down there after a cross by Williams. is asking for a penalty. Let's see what happened here. Is that a just Justifiable shout, Barry. It, uh, 
uh, it looks mar- a, mar- a margin call uh, because it looks like the defender managed to make, get a touch on the ball. Uh, so we'll see. What I don't, I don't even know if there's a VAR check going on. It doesn't. Uh, nothing's been identified on the screen, but uh, uh, certainly, in fact, it isn't. They, they're just they're a hopeful Spanish shout. Hopeful, yeah, hopeful Spanish shout uh, by Danny Olmo, uh, who himself has had a fantastic game. He's been playing very well between the lines, uh, coming in from wide. Good game. And uh, Chris, we talked about uh, if uh, the likes of Morocco, uh, if they were going to have any chances whatsoever against Spain, who we must acknowledge uh, is a superior team, is that mm-hmm. they needed to take it uh, to this sort of like uh, stage yeah. where there are 10 minutes left on the clock and anything could happen. It could be a mistake. It could be a moment of inspiration, but they have held out for so long. And uh, I guess now even Spain might start getting edgy yeah. as the game uh, goes towards the full-time. They had to make it attritional and they had to effectively make Spain doubt themselves. Without that, I don't think that um, there was really any realistic chance, but they've made it this far in the game and if they're able to make it right up until the final minute, I think we, we might see something interesting here, but I think Morocco's hung, hung on for as long as they can, but I think Spain is playing majority of the game in their box at this stage and it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. A possession for the entire game, it's 75% to Spain, <laughs> 25% to Morocco. But the interesting thing, Barry, as far as goal attempts are concerned, it's three apiece Morocco. Whenever they've had the ball, they have actually looked lively and threatening, especially in the first half. Uh, as Spain attack, oh my God, fizzes it across goal with no one to tap it in and that was Morata, who's come in as a second half a substitute. So uh, that's the fourth attempted goal for mm. Spain. Morocco have three. So Morocco have actually had a bit of a threat. Yeah, Morocco have had a threat and it's been on the break. Um, and uh, they've been rather efficient at using when they have the ball and they've had very little of the ball as you read out those stats. Um, and so that, I think, has developed those three uh, um, goal chances uh, that they got. However, the challenge that they have now is that with tired legs, concentration goes. And you can see now... Spain is creating more and more chances because uh, Morocco, in, 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 earlier they were managing their spaces and distances very well. Right now, they're not. So this, the, the runs in behind are beginning to come up because Morocco is now marking on their 18-yard line. So, And with the technicians that Spain has, that line-breaking pass is what's going to cause uh, Morocco problems as it's been doing in the uh, 5 to 10 minutes that we've been watching. Yeah, and of course, that cramp is starting to kick in as well. There's a player who's down uh, looks like uh, uh, either it's cramp or a bit of a niggle they've also made a triple substitution uh, pulled out uh, some of the uh, full ba- their fullbacks as well uh, they've got the fullbacks out and uh, so it shows you that uh, it's not tactical it's not necessarily listen, we're trying to win the game this is just to give the guys who are Stay on the there. field that they listen with guys listen we need guys who can of course carry on running we can carry on marking because if this goes to an extra 30 minutes and extra time uh, it's only going to get tougher, I think, uh, for Morocco because they've been doing a lot of chasing. When you take a look at the stats around the passing, uh, Spain has made 710 passes compared to 242 yeah. for Morocco. So there's been a lot of chasing, that's Chris, massive. by Morocco. Chasing yeah. around. And uh, that's the toughest thing to do in football, to, to chase after the ball yeah. without it. Yes, and, and it's incredibly difficult to, in your tactical setup, that idea of 
you being the one who is supposed to be chasing this ball first of all and to play without the ball I think there's a lot of teams that know how to play with the ball playing without the ball yeah. incredibly difficult incredibly difficult uh, and so this game remains goalless it's now in the 84th minute the referee calling for a stretcher uh, the Moroccan defender is down you know <laughs> Barry is that injury or fatigue? Uh, <laughs> I would definitely say both uh, look um, if anyone isn't watching the, this game in truth we'll try and describe it for you picture this that Morocco has essentially got two banks of, of, of uh, uh, four players well one bank of five another bank of four uh, that are just shifting from side to side as Spain is moving the ball around so that is just literally running shuttles for 90 minutes and you're gonna get tired and you can tell that the, he's absolutely knackered uh, and yeah didn't jump on the stretcher uh, wanted to walk off but yeah. he's buggered yeah Nayef uh, Aged uh, the centre-back is off and uh, he, of course, has now been replaced by another centre-back. And just to stay with you, Barry, that sort of like messes up the coach's thinking just in case the the, 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 the game goes to penalties because yeah. he has been forced. First of all, he's made a triple substitution, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, a couple of them were defensive players. Yeah. He's also had to change the centre-back now, yeah. brought in a centre-back. So that's four substitutions already. He's got a very little leeway in, in, in extra time and even less leeway when it comes to actually sending in guys that he knows will be able to make a contribution in the penalty shootout. He's got he's got to hold off uh, um, because chances are that his tactical plan was that let's take them deep and then mm. we're gonna we're gonna uh, swap out yeah we're gonna swap out our, 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 our top man our striker for one who can actually get us something on the break uh, and then try and nick it at the end now he doesn't have the luxury to then make the substitutions well, well that that, there's a make. rare Morocco attack oh well you know what uh, a decent chance half chance we'll have to call it that uh, yeah, the ball yeah. was swung in they did win the first header uh, but unfortunately of course uh, the attacker in the middle had his back uh, to goal uh, and he was quickly closed down by two of the Spanish defenders there but I want, I want, I want to highlight uh, uh, sorry to interrupt there that the fact that Spain while they have all the ball their shape is absolutely fantastic because look at the in the box mm. it was three versus two three defenders three spanish defenders versus two morocco attackers meaning that they still have the balance they still have the ability to go 2v1 against anyone who's trying to shoot so i think spain is, is looking tactically astute yeah, tactically astute 86 minutes played it is goalless between spain and morocco in the round of 16. let's give you the recap from last night style elegance determination passion football comes alive in qatar and on cfm sport while brazil are back they're dancing they're smiling and neymar says he's thankful uh, to be back playing for brazil following their comfortable 4-1 win over south korea which saw them advance to the quarterfinals of the world cup I am very happy to be back in the field of play. I'm happy to have played well. And now um, being called the man of the match is something somewhat difficult because everyone played very well. We needed to command all the players and we are very happy with our performance. 
That's what we wanted. We wanted to move to the next round. We wanted to win, and that's what we got. A Neymar back after missing two matches, uh, courtesy of that uh, ankle injury, straight into the starting lineup, and he puts on a man of the match performance, according to the organizers. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a beauty contest. I think that uh, whether it's FIFA or whatever, the organizers they they have decided that if there is a marquee player on the field, give him the man of the match award. Uh, let's get the, the the traction on social media and also. Could it be a smash and grab? Here? Oh my god he allows the ball to roll out Hakimi had attacked so well the coach looks frustrated they were in a good position here uh, and with the clock <laughs> ticking over uh, it looked like they may have put the cross into the box they had a couple of opportunities but ultimately oh. the final ball wait, letting them pass. down yeah the weight yeah. of pass a bit too strong uh, let's get back to Brazil uh, of course uh, it looks like listen there have been a couple of awards that have been given which have not really gone to players that have merited them uh, and uh, it looks like Budweiser obviously uh, one of the, the principal sponsors they probably of course have given a brief and they do have an agreement uh, with FIFA no doubt that you know what if you have a sort of like popular big name player who's there thereabouts in terms of having a decent performance let's give that award to that player on the basis that it's a better story to tell for them it's it's more marketable it's more when, when Neymar posts that he's won <laughs> one man of the match, match yeah. there's more mileage to it than if let's say Paqueta <laughs> yeah. Because who is he? I wonder how many of our listeners <laughs> know who that is. I think it's yes from a marketing perspective and this this man of the match award is almost a sigh of relief because when you're taking a look at the Brazil squad Neymar being missing especially for this match was something that was a bit of a concern and I think for organizers as well they were taking a look at the ratings the numbers that obviously tune in to see players like Neymar who are incredibly popular globally so it's not necessarily warranted but it's it's a question mark in terms of those selections of exactly what is the criteria for these Man of the Match awards at this tournament. Yeah, but uh, going back to the performance, Barry, I mean uh, Brazil scoring four goals in a knockout uh, game uh, at the World Cup for the first time since 1998. You have to go back to that 4-1 win uh, versus uh, the likes of uh, Marcelo Salas mm-hmm. uh, and of course Ivan Zamarano uh, and that was uh, in that uh, Chile side that they beat uh, in 1998 and then uh, they actually scored more goals in the opening 36 minutes of this match uh, which is four than they did in the uh, three group stage games combined where they scored uh, three goals so for Brazil very good performance uh, and uh, just the sort of performance you need heading into the quarterfinals. Yeah, and also it was a pre-dawn raid, which meant that they could see out the rest of the match uh, fairly comfortably. They scored their goals early. Um, I feel that yeah, the, the, the front three seems to be finding something there, but not quite uh, at the level whereby I think they're, they're striking fear in the defences of the, the bigger sides, but certainly the uh, Neymar, Richarlison, uh, uh, Rafinha uh, triumvirate uh, seems to be getting the, the, the goals that, that, that are required. But I particularly enjoyed the fact, the movement of the ball, uh, some of the, the intensity in terms of transition, as well as winning the ball back when they lose it. I think uh, Brazil, that's an element they've always lacked. And I think that that uh, ball recovery was fantastic. And the other thing is, uh, I think sometimes, you know, uh, people might want to say, oh, you know what, it was just South Korea. But this is a decent South Korea side yeah. that they beat, uh, Chris, and they, they did it quite easily. Yeah, and this is a side that, you know what, I think it still takes 
something to get to the round of 16 at the World Cup and they've managed to do it. So South Korea, not necessarily easy to swat aside. I think it's just a look at how good this Brazil side actually is to be able to put four goals past them. Absolutely. And of course, uh, Vinicius uh, getting his only his second goal uh, mm. for Brazil. You know, that's a surprising statistic. Does very well for Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, but for Brazil, he's not always been a star. Mm. Uh, and mm. But it was important that he got on the score sheet because uh, I think with this Brazil side and which is the danger that they will pose uh, for many sides is that the goals are spread in the team. Right. And that's why you could see they were trying to get Rafinha on the score sheet. But yes. I think it was also important that Vinicius Jr. managed to score. Neymar managed to score. So those players also get into the quarterfinals with a lot more confidence. It's excellent. And, uh, and I think uh, the, the person missing uh, Firmino, I believe, though, most is Vinicius Jr. Jr. Because when Vinicius Jr. is playing uh, with uh, the likes of your uh, uh, Richarlison up the middle with Rafinha on the other side, he is out wide and and he's 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 away from the action so he's got to wait for that far post delivery like the one that he scored last night for him to score those how many times did that come up so it's not surprising that uh, he's got a second goal but great that he got on the score sheet well in the earlier game uh, the game that uh, we were giving you updates on in yesterday's show Croatia captain Luka Modric says his team can't do it without drama after they reached the World Cup quarterfinals following a penalty shootout win against Japan and uh, the Blue Samurai Mario Pasalic uh, struck the winning spot kick after Dominic Livakovic uh, saved three penalties and the goalkeeper absolutely outstanding anyway uh, Chris if, if you start off with two poor penalties like Japan did <laughs> uh, you're hardly going to have any chance of winning a penalty shootout are you? Uh, hardly any slim chance um, when you're taking a look at also just mentally the fact that as a team you've already missed two I don't think that you would be able to go into that penalty shootout confidently yeah absolutely Absolutely, Croatia avoiding defeat in five of their last six World Cup matches in which they have conceded the first goal. They've won two, drawn three, lost one with three of these games going to a penalty shootout. Uh, and also this was, of course, uh, the route that they took versus Denmark and Russia at the World Cup in 2018. As the stars shoot across the desert sky, the lions roar. And the Eagles We hunt as one. We hunt as one. We certainly are hunting as one. Morocco, the last team standing from <laughs> Africa. Uh, and uh, the ref, of course, added five minutes uh, at the end of the game. Additional time. We're now into the fifth and final minute uh, as Morocco, the Atlas Lions, give away uh, a free kick with just 52 seconds left on the board. Uh, Danny Omo, the man there, uh, trying to weave his way uh, into the... Uh, uh, boxer for Spain and he's hacked down meaning that Spain have got a free kick and this could arguably be Barry the last significant act yes. of this game I before it, it heads into extra time it definitely is and I'm sure that the Moroccan coach is screaming out concentration 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 they've got to switch on uh, Danny Omo with a fantastic delivery oh! My goodness. That was close. He kept it in the frame of the post. And this was always difficult because they have runners running across the line of the ball. Keeper unsighted. And he did well to uh, flick the corner. You gotta kick. give. Uh, listen, I, I love this uh, little black kid for Spain, but uh, <laughs> Nico Williams. Uh, Nico Williams. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, I, I just don't think. 
I just he just doesn't have that finesse or kind of you know it's the exuberance of youth he's nah, still a teenager he, he's, he's old, but look at Pedri yeah. he's a teenager yeah. <laughs> he's a teenager yeah. uh, Musiala from uh, from Germany those are teenagers Bellingham is a teenager he, he tries just he looks like he's trying too hard yeah he, you know and, too hard and also he's he's a, he's a, what, what is that Speedy Gonzalez yes. so some things happen at, at, at great pace and sometimes right Sometimes you you have to focus. You remember when um, what was his name? Theo Walcott. When Theo Walcott burst onto the scene, yes. he had more speed than oh. brain, and he would always leave the ball behind him. So yeah, and uh, the full time whistle has gone. Uh, so goalless that one it is uh, in that uh, game. Uh, messages coming in here, Hansi. If this goes to penalties, it has a Morata miss written all over. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does though. Oh, you can see that happening. Uh, Oh, shucks. And then as a high team watching the Morocco versus Spain game, I get what you meant about this being a better World Cup from the spectator's perspective. Minimal bureaucracy has allowed the Moroccans to outnumber the Spanish supporters. And, and that's that's the important thing. Uh, you know what? The great support uh, that we're seeing for African nations, Chris, at this World Cup. Morocco right now, they look like they got the majority of the support of the in stadium. that stadium. Yeah, and it, it makes all the difference. Um, we always talk about the impact of having your home fans with you, especially tournaments like this and I think especially for Africans this has been one of the easiest World Cups to travel to because of the distance of the accessibility as well and also I think the amenities I mean you have a number of people who are traveling for example from Dubai going mm, across yeah, um, yeah, in order yeah. to just watch a game and dip back and that accessibility I think is incredible. because I think the accommodation important. is cheaper in Dubai actually exactly. because uh, I mean just sleep in a container uh, in Qatar is costing you 200 bucks a <laughs> night <laughs> so when you're taking ridiculous. a look at just the ease of access and the opportunities available to do other tourist things as well. I think this has been one of the best World Cups for Africa. And hello guys, uh, what's this we hear? That a FIFA legacy ambassador is boxing fans in Qatar. This is Tawanda in Kuwazana. <laughs> He's talking about Samuel Atour, I mean, mm. uh, who has uh, been caught in that uh, embarrassing video mm. where oh. he's, you know, uh, come on, Eto, he he's got an, an ego bigger than he should uh, rightly have. I mean, He's got a yeah. massive ego yeah. and, and, and in truth, it's, it's getting him in all kinds of trouble and was always bound to uh, because he, I think he he inflates it even deliberately. Uh, I mean, look, the comments he made about Messi earlier uh, and, and talking about, you know, Messi used to look up to me, uh, mate. mate. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think at some point Messi looked up to Eto'o, uh, looked up to Ronaldinho, looked up to Thierry Henry uh, and that was a function of age. Let's yeah. not forget Messi was 16, 17, 18 yeah, years true. old at that stage. A so function of age. He, he, he looked up to them. Yeah. And I don't think maybe at all may maybe of, of course pushing it uh, but I think it was more from uh, they were the senior players. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, he... You see now, because I think if it was anyone else, everyone would have taken the comment from that perspective. Yeah. But I think because it's Samuel Eto'o, he probably he probably <laughs> meant it like that. So it makes a his little bit of a difference is, uh, that his ego is massive, and I don't think that being his FA's president uh, has made it any smaller. smaller. Yeah, it's made it even bigger and bigger. There's one more match tonight. It's Portugal taking on Switzerland. Style, elegance, determination, passion. Football comes alive in Qatar and on CFM Sport.
Portugal take on Switzerland in the round of 16 clash, hoping to book their place in the quarterfinals with a win in one of just two all-European ties amid a diverse last 16. Two teams who experienced very different fortunes in their final group fixtures contest a precious place in the quarterfinals. Portugal! Cristiano Ronaldo and company, Chris. They've got a Switzerland side. Before the World Cup, if you told them that you're going to play Switzerland oh. in the round of 16, I think they would have shook your hand on that yeah. and thought, you know what, yes, Switzerland, decent side. But if we play our best game, we should be able to beat Switzerland. This is still a formidable Portuguese side. And like you said, they would have bit your arm off in order to have the opportunity. And this is a one-chance thing. This is the round of 16 now. So having Switzerland, I think, is a side that they can come against very confidently and I think especially with Cristiano Ronaldo aiming to you know finish as deep in this competition if not win it as possible then I think against a Swiss side they're, they're going to be feeling very confident. They're going to be very confident well uh, the big debate in Portuguese newspapers this morning Barry was around Cristiano Ronaldo first of all his coach uh, has publicly spoken out now that uh, he was displeased with uh, him being so stroppy after he was pulled out mm-hmm. after 60 odd minutes in the last game uh, and so already now there's talk that uh, his attitude in the Portuguese camp may not be the best. So for me personally, I'm hoping for a big performance from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I'd love to see him score. I'd love to see him get on the end of things just so that we can start talking about football for a change oh, yeah. rather than Cristiano Ronaldo and the attitude and the dressing room so that we can just start talking about football and his performances on the field of play. He needs a big performance tonight as Ronaldo. We're, we're talking about senior players uh, and the younger players looking up to those senior players I think uh, Ronaldo could learn a few things from a very younger player than him and that's Kylian Mbappe Kylian Mbappe had all sorts of news around him going into this tournament and what did he do he let his football do the talking and now we're talking about the football so I agree with you I think Cristiano Ronaldo apart from us willing him on I think that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo needs a big performance uh, tonight uh, that uh, takes Portugal through and then everybody uh, we all forget that and remember what he's brought to football rather than us remembering him for being divisive being a, a character uh, that's bringing the wrong things into Portugal and uh, previously Manchester United uh, well let's talk about uh, Switzerland Chris uh, two players for me I think uh, will be key uh, to uh, in fact three players I think will be key uh, to how they do uh, but uh, notably for me it'll be Shaka in midfield uh, if he plays well mm-hmm. Switzerland invariably tend to do well uh, Shakiri is another one if he's on song uh, I I think uh, the Swiss tend to do well. And then Imbolo as well uh, for the Swiss. Uh, he plays with a lot of thrust. Uh, and of course, they'll be expecting him to score uh, this evening. Absolutely. Um, he's going to absolutely need to put it down. I think when you're taking a look at a player like Imbolo, it's one that the entire team depends upon. And he needs to do the business out in front. It cometh the hour, cometh the man, Imbolo for Switzerland. Indeed. Barry. Indeed. Uh, good finisher. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, the, in the box uh, yeah. he can do the business I think the midfield battle is what's going to be key uh, because when you look the, at uh, that midfield three of Ruben Neves William Carvalho and uh, Bernardo Silva uh, you've got one sort of uh, uh, tricky player who, who gets uh, into, into spaces and then two combative ones Ruben Neves needs movement in front of him Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't give that to him anymore uh, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge what they can do in the midfield is going to determine how this game goes yeah absolutely 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, you sidestepped uh, around Switzerland. I uh, uh, wanted to talk about uh, uh, Portugal, but uh, I, I still maintain that, uh, listen, if, if you want to watch something tonight, I mean, give the balls to Imbolo uh, and uh, he'll stick them in. Yes, they only play uh, one ball, man. Yeah. They play with one ball. No, Ele- they don't play with one 11 ball. 11 v 11. They don't. One uh, they, they got lots of balls, Barry. Uh, in the, watch where the ball goes out. They stick another one in. Why are you, why are you pointing at the screen? Because uh, that's the game we're watching. Uh, and of course, uh, for me, um, Imbolo, I think, is uh, will be will be central uh, to Brice, uh the Cameroonian. Uh, wonderful player is Brice Imbolo. Uh, and uh, certainly, of course, uh, out in front. Yeah, out in front. Certainly, yes, out, in front. out in front. Uh, I love it when he drops into midfield. Uh, you know, you rarely see him at the back, but uh, when he's in midfield, you know, he certainly knows his way around the park. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Shall we go now? Shall we? Yes, we shall. Yes, let's yes. leave. Come we'll at the it. hour. <laughs> Come at the ball. We'll see you tomorrow. May God richly bless you. That's my story. Yeah, I'm sticking to it. Manande. Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Bundled, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.